listen to AM 560 The Answer online at 560theanswer.com on the AM 560 mobile app, on your Alexa powered smart speaker, and on TuneIn, iHeart, and on Odyssey. See Larry Elder, Brandon Tatum, Alex Berenson, and many more at Freedom Summit Chicago. Tickets available at freedomsummitchicago.com. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. Well, uh, Fed Chairman Jay Powell ended that October market rally on Wednesday, didn't he? And it wasn't with his deeds, or the Fed's deeds. It was with his words. The 75 basis point interest rate hike was anticipated, and that's what transpired. But it was what Jay Powell had to say about the future that roiled the markets. Uh, Charles Payne from Fox Business explaining. His job is so insurmountable. He knows he's going to become a public villain. There's nothing he can do. He's fighting a monster that was created under the guise of free money. Modern monetary theory, free money cures everything, right? It was gender justice, environmental justice, racial justice. All it's done now is made the poorest Americans poorer. And ironically, Jay Powell's saying he's gone after excessive savings. Poor people don't have excessive savings. It's going to be a tough ride. It's going to be a tough ride. Hunker down. October jobs number, 261,000 new jobs. Unemployment rate ticks up to 3.7%. What does it all mean? That's why we enlist people like James Perry, Vice President of Research. uh, Vice President, I should say, for Arbor Research, who joins us now. Jim, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, does Charles Payne have uh, the read on Powell's pronouncements right? Yeah, I think he is. I like Charles. I think he's a, a good journalist, and I think he's um, he points out the right issues, you know. And so so the the takeaway from Powell's remarks is that it's going to be a rougher ride, that we're not going to see a necessarily a flattening of the increases in the near term because clearly he believes that inflation hasn't been tamed and there's more pain to be inflicted. Yeah, that's right. I mean... Uh, there's been a lot of press, obviously, around uh, the Fed meetings uh, consistently for, for this particular period. But, you know, the, the, the takeaway, as you mentioned before we started here, is that uh, Powell was very clear on his objective. And, you know, rather than just putting an opinion on it, I'll just give you a couple of quotes. You know, he said it is very premature to be thinking about pausing interest rate hikes. That's a quote, right? He says we have a ways to go before policy is restrictive. Uh, and he's very worried about the demand in the economy outstripping supply, and that's where you got this non-farm payroll number today. It's 261,000 new jobs this month, and last month was revised to over 300, right? So this actually makes Powell's job easier, right? It's uh, less pressure on him to hike when he kind of says that the demand in the economy and, and the jobs market is, is out of balance. So is that, a, is that what the feds need to see in order to stop raising interest rates? Uh, I think what, what we're going to need to see is a consistent decrease in consumer prices. And we have not seen that yet. And the only way to do that is to slow demand. Uh, the unemployment rate did tick up to 3.7% from 3.5, but that's still really, you know, historically quite low. Um, and he was talking about sort of 
the number of people that are there's their job openings and their job seekers, right? And job openings are running at something like, you know, 10 million help wanted ads versus sort of 2 million people seeking jobs. So that's really, those are extreme numbers. And, um, he's going to have to see that come down before he's going to pause. Well, are, are we still, uh, are too many of us still operating under the uh, Phillips curve here that, uh, employment or unemployment and inflation have a inverse relationship that you got to choose one. I thought that was debunked by the seven fat years under Reagan. So why, why do we have to have a high unemployment in order to feel comfortable about taming inflation and reducing rates? Right. I think the Phillips curve did have its heyday back in the day. But I think that, you know, like so much of the data that we get these days, Dan, you know, it's been so skewed with the pandemic. I mean, you know, you've had these tremendous swings in the economy. Um, in 2019, before the pandemic, in the fourth quarter, you know, the Fed did QE4, right? That was QE infinity where they started buying bills. And that was because the market almost broke down in the fourth quarter of 2019. And then the pandemic hit. So we went from tremendous stimulus to even more stimulus as the economy collapsed. And then the government printed $10 trillion, you know, in the last 24 months. And all of the metrics that we have for employment and inflation, really, the Fed doesn't know how to interpret all this data. You know, the, the non-farm payroll number is is a highly inaccurate economic number, and it's treated as if we have a pinpoint precision on where the economy is going. We don't, right? Right, right but, um, but, we, but we do know something. We know some things about human nature. We do know some things. Uh, the the profession of economic uh, economics has given us some things, like people respond to incentives. And so right. you, have a wealth, you have a wealth effect and you have a negative wealth effect. If three-quarters of the people in this country think the economy is in recession, which according to polling they do, then you're going to see them start to tighten up. Um, right. And and so, so you know, it doesn't if maybe we need the mystics at the Fed and the spendthrifts in Congress to just stop and stay out of the way and let uh, a free people uh, correct this problem by acting rationally in in response to incentives presented. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, the problem is, you know, the Fed's probably feeling like they screwed up because they didn't start tightening when interest rates were at zero, you know, last year. I saw something this morning, Wells Fargo, which is one of the largest um, mortgage underwriters in the country, um, they have 16,000 loans in their origination pipeline for the month, right? And that number is down 90% mm-hmm. from this time last year. Mm-hmm. 90%, right? So people are reacting to higher interest rates. The housing market is collapsing. And I think that it will have a knock-on effect to the economy. And, you know, you see in the markets, longer-term inflation expectations are back down toward 3% in 24 months, which seems implausible. Um, but until we start seeing some progress toward that 3% number, Inflation is Powell's number one concern, and they probably are going to get to about a 5% Fed funds rate by the end of Q1, by March. Um, so, you're going to see, so, you, so you're going to see mortgage rates at 9%? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're at 7 and change now, right? Yeah. So you mm-hmm. get Fed funds up nine another 150 basis points, they'll be up toward 9, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, but when would they start going back down, if ever? I mean, somebody told me, like, oh, it's going to stay 8% for maybe 5, 10 years. Well, I don't know about 5 or 10, but I think that, you know, the message from Powell yesterday was expect interest rates to get to a level, let's call it 5% or 5.5% by the end of Q1, oh, and then have them sit there for two years, right? When that happens, though, you know, every time the Fed tries to raise interest rates to slow the economy down because it's inflating, the market reacts first, right? Um, this is an extraordinary set of financial extremes, and it's coming to an end as the era of cheap money draws to a close. I mean, the Fed's balance sheet was reduced by 50 billion bucks this month, right? This time last year, it was going up by 50 billion bucks a month. So I don't think that's really priced into the market. So my fear is it's going to be extremely challenging for the real estate market and the investment market, stocks and bonds, uh, until we peak out here. This is another another six months to nine months to a year, and you're going to have a recession. Uh, and the um, uh, the quote-unquote earnings recession, uh, as we're in in the midst of earnings season, the earnings recession that a lot of the uh, analysts for the big banks and the Wall Street analysts were predicting, is that is that uh, taking shape, or is it going to be shallower than some anticipated? This earnings season that we're almost through with now has been uh, statistically better than expected. Um, the last time I looked was about three days ago. I think something like 60% of the S&P has reported. And it's interesting that the aggregate earnings for the, the companies that have reported was something like $44 billion, right, of earnings aggregate in the S&P. But what's interesting is that $33 billion of that was from energy companies, and the remaining 10 was all the other companies in the S&P. So the only sector in the S&P that is up this year, the only one, is energy. Every other sector of the S&P is down. And I think if you look at shipping and energy, those companies have been allowed to uh, expand their profitability because they've been able to pass on price increases to the consumer. And I think that comes to an end pretty soon. I mean, I think you saw this week uh, Biden would like to tax profits on oil companies. And it makes a easy target for them when their revenues in the quarter were $33 billion, right? So I think um, earnings in the quarters ahead will probably be negative. And I think if you get two negative quarters in a row, that will be the first time we've gotten that since um, 09. And so uh, you would be recommending that those in cash stay in cash and those not get to cash? Or yeah, Dan. what are you saying? Yeah, I've run a model portfolio here for clients, and um, it's been 75% cash since uh, the invasion, right, March 1st. Um, I've got a 10% position in long treasury bonds, which isn't working out that well right now. I didn't think it would be uh, this persistent in, in the rate hikes back then. Now I do. Um, and the S&P 500, it's really volatile. But, you know, I think in a year, I would be surprised if it's at this level. I think it's going to be lower. Yeah, so, and this is what Jamie Dimon and others have said. I mean, that you could still see... 
you could see these indexes go down another 20%. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, liquidity is getting drained from the financial system. And um, if you look at these, and not to be too esoteric here, but, you know, the yield curve, if you look at a you know, three-month treasury bill, right, it's, it's 413 this morning. And that is um, at the same level as a 10-year note, right? And two-year notes are at 473. So an inverted curve tells you that short-term interest rates are on the rise and that those short-term interest rates will be enough in the future, perhaps a year, to reduce long-term interest rates because the bond market is expecting a recession. And the bond market's been right, you know? All right. I hope you were listening to all that, Amy. I'm writing it down. As you're, as you're, I gotta go your, cash. As you're washing your 4OK uh, trend towards uh, zero negative cash balance. Uh, it's James Perry. Not, not that that's funny. James Perry, vice president research, uh, vice president of Arbor Research, I should say. James, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend. Thanks, you too. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. You're listening to Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Vegetables.